0: All right. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. As always, our official sponsor is Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel. And our other sponsors are Learn Pro Poker and Website AMP. In this chats edition of the podcast, we're going to hang out once again with Jonathan Little. You all know who he is. He's a professional player, poker, coach, author, and a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, but first, let's introduce our panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by rec poker Steve in our Poker Stars home game. and Steve Badger once said, "Going on tilt is not mixing up your play." <laughs> Bye,
1: <Jim. laughs> my name is Jim Reed. I'm Bluff Storini in the home games and at Hold'em Steelers, my two great loves on Twitter. And if you're not considering game selection, you are not taking poker seriously.
0: Nice. And we're excited. We're joined uh, by a guest panelist this week. We're recording during the, the midday, which means some of our panel can't be here. But Jamel Cuevas has jumped on here. Jamel, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Jamel Cuevas. Um, I go by Jamel on the forums and Fortune and Y in our home games. And happy to be here today. And a beast of a player. Well, before we jump in, uh, just real quick, uh, our nightly home games continue to grow. It's been super fun. And if you want to join the club after November first, you actually need to make sure that you have a free membership at Rec Poker and that you have your PokerStars username out there. That's the only way we're going to let new people in. So free membership, but just make sure that you're registered out there. So with that, uh, let's bring him in. Jonathan Little. How are we doing, young man?
2: Hello, I'm Jonathan Little. If you're a fish, get better at poker. Everybody <laughs> has something fun, they say at the end, you know? How do you know you're a fish?
1: Ooh, good That's question. Tough thing. If
2: you're always losing, you're probably a fish.
0: <laughs> Look at this guy. He Logically, he's just so logically sound. How do you know that you're not good at the game? You're always losing. That seems to make a lot of sense to me.
2: Think, think of the logic here. It's just very, very reasonable, right?
0: It's reasonable. Well, hey, the, the last time we had you on, I think it was about a year ago, uh, which uh, this year feels like it's about a decade ago. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Right? Uh, so why don't we start just a little bit, uh, catch us up a little bit on the life of Jonathan a little over the past year, kind of, what are some of the major things going on?
2: Oh, man, it's been a wild year. Um, <laughs> I, I'm ready for it to be over. So yeah. hopefully it'll be over soon. And um, what have I been up to? Just grinding it out, really. Have a training site, PokerCoaching.com. We've added a lot there. We have um, like GTO charts in our app they are just available for everyone. Make sure you get the Poker Coaching app. We've hired a bunch of new coaches. I wrote a book, Excelling at Tough No Limit Hold'em Games. Oh, look, there you go. Yeah, it's like like a book club here. This book came out. I actually just recorded the audiobook version of it a few days ago, and um, that was good. I got to sat in a little, I sat in a little cubicle for about thirty two hours reading a book. So you know, that's good. And I'm glad to have that off my plate. So um, I'm grinding it out and making things happen. I have a big tournament course coming out on pokercoaching.com at the end of November. So that's taken me much longer than I thought it would. It's like 1,500 slides long. So Mm. it's a real course.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is a real course. Yeah, Yeah, but I thought it was gonna
2: take like a month and it's ended up taking about a year. So we're, we're finally almost finished. So I'm glad to have that pretty much off my plate. I had a few big projects to get done. It was this book that tournament mm-hmm. course, and another book that I have coming out next year, and um, we're almost finished, so that, that's good.
0: Do you want to uh, want to tease that book for next year, or is it too early?
2: It's too early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're always looking for the inside scoop here. We want to be the ones to bust the news on
2: what's going on. It's going to go very well with my tournament course at Poker Coaching, so it's an okay. Okay, in-depth well. guide on tournament poker. There Will it go. be
0: excelling at anything? Will there be more excelling going on?
2: So the Excelling Book series has all of these (laughs) other authors involved. I don't know if people can see this video. I'm sure some people are listening. Some can, yep. And there are a bunch of other collaborators for these books. I mean, I realized a long time ago that if I am not talking with and collaborating with the best people in the game, I'm probably going to get behind because I'm just Mm -hmm. one guy sitting here by myself. I mean, look, you all collaborate. You all get better together. You bet. And I'm very fortunate that some of the best poker players in the world are happy to work with me, either because they learned poker from me back in the day or because We, you know, like own business together, businesses together, like all of these coaches here, are part of the Poker backing group. And I advise for them, a lot of these players are either players or coaches for them. And um, we're all working together, right? And we want to try to better ourselves and our communities. And um, I've been very fortunate with that. So I don't currently have any other excelling project. There's two (laughs) excelling books at the moment, excelling at No Limit Hold'em and excelling at Tough No Limit Hold'em Games. Um, All these books, I collaborated with other people in the poker community. Um, every time I finish a book, I tell myself, I'm like, never writing a book again. I'm done with this, <laughs> And then like a month later, there's, there's some other book project happening. So I have no other book projects on my plate and I don't foresee any happening in the near future, but I'll probably be working on something again next month.
0: So, so what is it about the book writing that, that's appealing? So obviously you've got, you've got the coaching that you do personally. You've got the coaching site. You got the playing. You got a million things that you are doing and that you could be doing. And so you write a book and then you say, never again, but then you do another one. It, what, what is it about it that sort of draws you back? Well, I
2: must be a degenerate. That's why I <laughs> keep doing it, right? <laughs> Addiction uh, comes mean, in many forms. In reality, it's not all that hard for me to write a book for the most yeah. part. I mean, this excelling at Tough and no Limit Holding Games was basically me talking to these players, writing down their thoughts, putting them in a good, concise Format and making it pretty. So this was more of I'm not gonna say an editing job, but it was kind of an editing job in some mm-hmm. sense. I mean, I probably wrote 50 pages out of the 400, and the other people did the hard work on the on the rest of it. So I think I probably do this editing type job better than basically anyone in the poker community, and therefore it's easy enough for me to do. Yeah. It's not like hard, strenuous work. It's grindy. Yeah, but. I don't mind it. I like it. And if you're good at something and other people are not, and it's not like overly strenuous for you, you might as well do it, especially if you know it's going to help out a lot of other people. And like, this was a good project because it gets the poker backing company's name out there on a book in front of every good poker player, because this is a high level poker book. Um, it helps all these other coaches because some of them are coaches. They, you know, have private mm-hmm. students, they have poker training sites, etc. So it markets them, Helps me, one more thing, you know, I get to collaborate with all these great players and learn a ton and it helps all the students. So it's just like a win, win, win. And whenever you can make everyone win, even if it's kind of grindy, you don't necessarily even want to be doing it. Although I do, I like doing it. <laughs> even if I didn't want to do it, I would still do it because it helps so many people yeah. in just like one swoop.
1: I can't turn down a segue like that. Cause that's exactly how we do things at Rec Poker. Like nobody's good at everything. Mm-hmm. So we all have things that we're good at and that's the stuff that we do more of. Um, like for one of the one of the things that I'm good at, is, and I can tell it's a skill of yours, is synthesizing existing information, breaking it down into the relevant pieces that someone else would need to understand, and then making it making it so. Free. Um, and I can tell because I, I loved I loved this book. And there's a lot of very different types of concepts in here. Um, people like people have done a lot of work in the lab, putting through um, uh, solvers and equity calculators and stuff like that. So. I think it's great that what we have is this raw information from all these specialists, and then that's been sort of synthesized and broken down into a series of little steps that'll help your standard recreational player. Can you just talk a little bit about what that process is like for you and and, um, what it's like to sort of get into the mind of the students that are looking for this information?
2: Well, you have to ask, first things first, is this the right book for very recreational players, no we're on the Rec Poker podcast here. But if you are not a very good poker player right now, I would probably not recommend this book to you because it's actually kind of high level. I have another book called Mastering Small Stakes, No Limit Hold'em that is more of a guide on how to go from not being good at all to being pretty decent. And that's essentially like the prerequisite I send all of my students to. Go read this book. If you don't understand this book, well, I mean, that's like the base level knowledge you kind of need to have to be reasonable at poker is what it amounts to. So it's important to understand who you are trying to teach. And with the excelling type books, basically I had all of the authors write about whatever they're really good at. And that results in these excelling books being almost like a bunch of little 20 page pamphlets to some extent. And I try to organize them in a linear manner. Like we first talk about like GTO and like general quick tips to beat the small stakes games. Cause I realize some players are playing the small stakes games and they want to Move up ASAP. So there's a few chapters devoting to things like that, and then we just get right into the advanced stuff because this is supposed to be an advanced book. Um, it's certainly not for everyone. If you're not taking poker seriously, it's probably not for you. But if you are taking poker seriously, I think it's a very very good book. I mean, this is how I go about learning poker. It's almost like watching a bunch of high level training videos to some extent by people who are great at poker, and that was the goal for it. Um, and and I realized that to some extent it, it could just be a bunch of training videos to some extent. Uh, it could be a bunch of training videos and it's almost like a training site for people who perhaps don't like training sites or don't like watching videos. And I understand people learn in all sorts of ways. Some people want audiobooks, some people want PDFs, some people want paper book, right? So I try to give the students whatever they need. And like whenever anyone's on my training site at pokercoaching.com, they can just send me an email and let me know their scenario and I'll direct them to the right piece of content, whatever that is. As long as they give me, you know, a paragraph about where they are and what they're trying to accomplish, I can usually get them to something that'll be very, very high impact. And that's the tough thing with poker education in general, if you don't have a private coach, is that you have to find the thing that is right for you. And back in the day, that was like impossible because there was not much to begin with and what was out was not all that great. But today there really is a lot of great poker educational content available. It's just a matter of finding the right thing for you at the right time, presented to you in a way that resonates with you.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And, and one of the things that people keep telling us is, man, Jonathan Lilly is so accessible. Like people, I think, don't realize when they, they have a pro like you who's running a site and is accessible, they think, well, you know, I'm not going to send them a note. I'm not going to send them an email. No, no, do that. <laughs> you, you belong to the site. That's what you're paying for. And Jonathan's accessible. And I think that's, that's one of the great things. And I'm, uh, first of all, a little tangent. I'm a little taken aback because Jim said the word process. Now, that might be the first time he ever said process and not process. So, he might be <laughs> hiding for you that he's Canadian. I don't know. I was like shook when you said process. I didn't even know what to do with that.
1: I'm trying to um, pass. I'm passing as American this week. That was very, was very you're a Steelers very... fan and everything. I know. It's, he's, ah, yes, he's all messed he John up. Ah, yes. He John knows what's going on. This guy.
2: It's, it's, a, it's a good bluff.
0: I mean, I would have believed it. Right. <laughs> well, his nickname is Bluffsterini. So there you go. But, <laughs> but one of the things, you know, it, kind of along those lines of, of being accessible is I hear you say this a lot, like, you know, I just want to help the most amount of people. Uh, you've said it here, you've said it before. And, you know, I'm, I kind of want to dig into that. Why is that so important to you? Obviously, you're, you're a very well accomplished player. You're very well Uh, accomplished coach, author, whatever, you don't need to be worrying about helping people, right? I mean, obviously, you're running a business, you want to make a buck, but that could be your focus. And a lot of people do that. But I keep hearing you come back to, I just want to help more people. And and I'm curious, you know, either that's marketing branding genius, or that's part of who you are, or maybe both. But you know, internally, why does it matter to you that that's part of your legacy that you've actually helped people either improve the game or become connected to a community?
2: I've never really considered this exact question. I just show up and do the work to some extent, okay. because I like showing up and doing the work. And if you're going to do the work, you might as well help as many people with the work at the same time. I mean, whenever you are a poker player, either you can essentially hoard information, as most pros do, as you know makes logical sense to a lot of people, because they think you're competing against everyone else. Or you can share the knowledge and find other like-minded people who want to get good together, and then... You all just like build on top of each other's knowledge. And I've had success with that. And it makes logical sense to me, given the way I have gotten good at poker. It's not by me being great at poker. I, I've gotten good at poker because people were willing to help me. And I realized that there we live in an internet world where things scale very easily. Like back in the day, if someone wanted to listen to this conversation, we'd have to record it. We'd all have to get in the same place to begin with, right? Right vcr tapes and mail those to people (laughs) They have to buy a vcr they have to buy a tv like all sorts of things they'd have to do whereas now they just need a phone and they're good to go right crazy yeah and it seems like it would be illogical to not try to help as many people as possible given i'm trying to help at least some number of people you might as well help a lot if they want to learn and they're willing to learn right
0: well and maybe that's the beauty of of what it is you're not maybe you don't see it because you're too close to it, but as somebody who's a consumer of information, who's works with a lot of recreational players who are trying to get information from people, not everybody gives that same sort of perspective. Uh, It's, you know, having you say, I want to help you. It's sort of a unique perspective. So maybe you're not aware of it. And I just want to say, I appreciate that on behalf of the rec players because you seem, it makes logic sense to you, but it's, it's not everywhere. It's not as pervasive as maybe you think it is.
2: Sure. And I mean, I, I think I've been spoiled and that people are always just willing to help me for some reason in, in all aspects of life. And maybe that's because I show that I'm trying my best, right? I don't, I don't know why people want to help me, but it seems like doors just kind of open, like with this book, right? This yeah, is like right. half of the poker coaches. I sent them an email, hey, I want to write this book. Who wants to be in? And it's got a bunch of people back saying, hey, I'm in. <laughs> And, well, it's very symbiotic right you you you've, you've yeah. been able to garner a pretty
0: good platform so it it works well that you know they're linked with you and you're you're a good positive public figure so it's it's not a risk for them to be associated with you so i think it it does sort
2: of create this mutually beneficial um back and forth yeah and like i mean it, the thing is at the end of the day if you help a bunch of people they're going to want to help you in some way i mean yep. now anytime i have a problem with my business i'll just like post on Twitter. Hey, I'm having a problem with yeah. I don't know, database analytics. Next thing you know, we got an email, right? And I have a problem with anything, whatever I have a problem with, like overlays for Twitch or YouTube strategy, whatever, we'll get a good candidate just immediately because I've helped so many people. And it turns well, out if people like you in general, yes. a lot of doors will open. And if people don't like you, a lot of doors will close. So would you rather have open doors or, you know, everybody not liking you. So some people haven't put together
0: those logical sequences yet. If you <laughs> I ever mean, need help of with people. business coaching, that's what we do. So I'm happy to help you with that too. But uh, good. So let me, let me switch gears a little bit before it just becomes a big Jonathan little love fest here. But um talking about like, like uh, just all the projects that you have going on. So you've got the, you know, you've got the coaching stuff, you've got the course going on, you've got the book writing, all this big stuff. So as we talk about kind of what's been going on the last year, obviously COVID is a front and center headline sort of situation. Is that, you know, in a weird sort of sense, does that come at a good time to allow you to do some of these projects or is that not really slowing down some of the other things you were involved with like, like playing and coaching and things?
2: I don't think it's really slowing me down all that much. Um, I still play a decent amount of poker on Sundays. Primarily, I'll just like devote a you know, solid online day on Sundays because that's okay. the most high value. And what, what I was doing before COVID is I would usually travel to play a live tournament series for about one week per month. And I'd be home for about three weeks per month. I have two kids, want to be home with the kids. My wife would like me to be home with the kids. So again, makes logical sense. Make your wife and your children happy if you can, (laughs) and still play poker if you can, and still have a job if you can. And I made my own job at my training site. So not a lot has changed. If anything, I've had a little bit more free time. I would say that I'm probably slightly less productive than normal because the kids are home all day and my wife's working from home and there's just more distractions across Mm -hmm. the board. But, um, really what it amounts to instead of traveling one week a month, I'm not traveling one week a month and not a whole lot's changed. Before COVID though, I actually was not playing online on Sundays at all. So it's almost like Mm -hmm. I've lost a day per week instead of a week per month. Yeah. So it's out a little bit more, but it it really hasn't changed my workflow much at all really because I mean, my business is purely remote anyway. All of my Mm -hmm. employees are not where I am. And that, that was a pretty easy transition. So what's, what's your perspective on playing
0: live? Either it's you know, your perspective personally on when and if you'll go, <laughs> when you'll actually go back or what's your perspective on when poker will open up enough, enough to be able to uh, you know, kind of have this be vibrant again?
2: Well, I'm not a virologist or an event planner, so I don't know for sure, mm. but I you're, would oh, generally... Not? I thought you were also a virologist. I, okay, no, I, I haven't, haven't gotten not yet. I gotta look at my notes Getting, again, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. No, my bad. Um, so I'm certainly not an expert in these things, but I would have to presume that we're not gonna be playing any like giant live poker tournaments anytime soon, just because the way live poker tournaments work are kind of yeah. like live concerts or live indoor sporting events to some extent, except for instead of being, you know, surrounding an area, you're all sitting in the middle of the area together. <laughs> and so... I, I mean, people are playing in casinos now, right? I mean, they're playing small and medium field tournaments at this point. And I don't know anything about if people are getting sick or whatnot. It's been like lots of people are getting sick, so maybe they don't care anymore. But um, I I don't plan on going to play live poker in any major tournament anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, I'm kind of lucky in that I don't need to, right? Because we've helped so many people throughout the years. I can sit at home and teach people and help people and not have to worry about paying the bills. Yeah, Look, it's paying off right now, right? Yeah. And that's because I put in the time in the past to develop essentially a business by helping people get good at poker. Yeah, I have no, a question on the
0: shift to playing online. So one of the things I've noticed is I used to play live for years. You can really focus on your opponents, really focus on one table at a time. Um, when you made the switch to
2: online where you play on Sundays now, like how many tables are you playing? And are there any adjustments that you're making there? So I have played online a lot in the past. I, I started playing online when I was 18. Now I'm 35 or something. And I always played a ton of tables. I came from playing sit and goes back in the day where you had 16 table, no problem. Just like, that's what you did. You put in a lot of volume. So, I mean, I was streaming for a while and I would just be sitting there like 16 tabling all day for 12 hours. And at the end of the day, I recognized that like volume cures variance to some extent. If you put in a lot of volume, you will get the results that you should get. And it's funny. Like I'd be talking to my friends are like every week, you final table, a big tournament. How does it happen? Like, well, I played 40 tournaments, you know? And so if they play seven and I play 40, like I just had pretty consistent straight up results in tournaments, but that's because I was putting in so much volume in a short period of time. And it's a skill you have to learn. So if you, you have to ask first off, why am I playing online? Is the purpose to make as much money as possible or is the purpose to get as good at poker as possible? And if the question is to, or if the purpose is to get as good at poker as you can, you really shouldn't be trying to play a lot of tables. You should be trying to play some though. I mean, you probably don't wanna sit there and just play one because not a whole lot happens at one table. And when you're focusing on live poker, you're not just focusing on specifically the cards and the betting, you're also focusing on mannerisms and tells and live flow dynamics and all of that, which really don't exist online to some extent. So I would tell you to try to play on a site that allows you to use a heads up display if you can to get very clear information about your opponents to the best of your ability. If you can't that's fine too just recognize you won't be able to play as many tables but i mean i don't know ask more questions i'm happy to answer them essentially you need to practice is what it amounts to you want to get good at multi-tabling you got to practice so if your goal if you normally play one table you have a hard time playing two you need to move down to tiny stakes like one dollar dollar buy-in tournaments or whatever and spend a day playing four tables at a time it's going to be hard it's going to be rough you may be timing out but if you do that for a day or two After a while, you'll be able to go back to two no problem. Two will be like a joke. It'll be so easy. And then you can play your normal games, playing two at a time. And then you can continue practicing that where you play more and more and more and eventually you'll get to where you can play a whole lot. But essentially you have to recognize when you play a lot of tables, I'm not trying to necessarily play at the high, uh, I'm not trying to extract the most EV from this particular table. I'm giving up some EV at this table in exchange for playing many, many more tables. And that'll lead to like lower return on investments, lower big blind per hundred win rates, but that's fine if you're multiplying it by two, four, eight, sixteen, 16.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. That I'm happy to help with this. And typically that's that's like a, a tighter range game you're playing where you're just hitting. you're playing more discipline because you're on these tables. So it's- <laughs> I'm games not. T- okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, In
2: theory. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been pretty, I mean, again, it goes back to experience, right? Like where, I have a lot of experience playing a lot of tables and I purposely try to not play tighter than normal or anything like that because I can sit there and play six games at the same time with hands in each game. Like it's not a problem for me because I've been doing it for 15 years or 20 years or whatever it is at this point, right? I have an immense amount of experience compared to like almost everyone, especially, you know, Americans who are playing online for the very first time, mm-hmm. right? And they have literally no experience. When I first started playing, sitting goes back in the day, it was a big deal to play four tables at a time. Just like to someone who plays one table at a time, it's a big deal to play four tables. So you have to get experience. That's really what it amounts to. I mean, I've just had a ton of experience and like back when I played sit and goes, I knew if you want to make a lot of money in this, you just need to put in the volume. And same thing with tournaments. There's just a whole lot more variance in tournaments. So um, I I don't adjust my strategy and play tighter or anything like that because I I don't have a problem with timing out. If you have a problem timing out, it means in my mind you're playing too many tables, not you need to use a different strategy because you don't want to use a bad strategy like the strategy I'm utilizing will just result in me not having good post flop reads. So I'm playing a more fundamentally sound strategy, but that still means follow GTO pre flop charts and adjust accordingly, but that's not tight. GTO charts don't mean play tight. They mean play good and then play good post flop is what it amounts to play good poker.
1: So if for some of us that um, don't have the same kind of experience playing good poker, um, <laughs> I, I use poker tracker for that's my, that's my crutch online. Or is my bread and butter are there any other software or resources or that that you think are helpful for players uh, playing online i think
2: you're breaking up for me jim a little bit i don't know if you or anybody else so oh sorry maybe just... maybe that's relevant, but i heard what you said basically do i use any other programs and no i don't use any programs i'm an old man all i do is just load up hold a manager and same as poker tracker same thing and i just just grind it out i don't use any of the programs there are some programs like um I don't know the names of them, like Table Ninja or something like this. I think that only works for Poker Stars, but some people use multi-tabling programs. I know the Twitch streamers use various things. Whenever I would stream on Twitch, I just, like, show my whole desktop, and it's a mess. I use this overlap all over the place because I'm not, like, sweating out the hands. I think that's something a lot of people who don't quite uh, play online so much, they don't understand like, when I'm playing, all the tables are overlapped. They're all on top of each other. If I get it all in and lose, often I won't even know, and it doesn't matter because I don't care because I know I'm gonna sit there and just put in an immense amount of volume. And I know I'm properly bankrolled for the games. I have data saying I'm a pretty solid winner in the game. So it's just a matter of implementing at that point. And my goal is to put in as much volume as I can so that I win as much money as I can. I'm not necessarily playing to try to get better at poker at this point because I'm already pretty good at poker, right? Um, which is why I initially like, asked, posed the question to everyone out there, are you trying to get good at poker? If so, you wanna be paying attention, taking it slow, really focusing on playing well. Like it doesn't take a whole lot of effort for me to focus and play at least reasonably well. And i may not play perfectly, but I'm gonna play reasonably well. And um, that, that's important to recognize the purpose of me playing all the tables is to just make as much money as I can.
0: Yeah. I, I love the idea of knowing your purpose. So we talk about that all the time, just know why you're playing and then uh, play accordingly. And I, I'm trying to decide which I enjoyed more. If I enjoyed your smirk, for those of you who are watching the video, Jonathan starts smirking as Jim is saying, "So you play more of a tighter." and Jonathan starts smirking about that. Like, no, no. Or, or if it's the 35-year-old guy saying, "I'm an old man." Uh, I'm not sure which I enjoyed more, but that was that was pretty funny. All um, the kids
2: have all the programs nowadays. I have no programs. <laughs> just I just click real fast.
0: I'm an old man. Okay. okay. I will say, like, so
2: I have this trackball mouse, right? You see this trackball mouse? Yes. You use your thumb on this. Yeah. And um, it, it'll at least for me, it's way easier to use that than a mouse where you have to be going like this all day right like that that would wear it probably wear you out in theory but like i'm just moving my thumb real quick and i can easily get around this giant monitor no problem
0: so he does have so, an extra tool
2: yeah it's like a tool <laughs> i mean that like maybe that's not a program yep. but it's yep. a you device better. i use like you certainly don't want to be 16 tabling on a laptop with a track or with a pad right um so, so like this is easy i travel with this i always use it I just throw it in my backpack and it's wireless and It's great. I bought like 40 of these. I have have only 20 left because they die eventually, but they're good.
0: (laughs) Well, when you're playing that much. So, okay. So we're playing, instead of going one week a month where we're going somewhere, playing live events, we're playing pretty much every Sunday, 16 tables at a time, some crazy thing. So when the time comes where you go back to live poker, like, are you going to be like extremely bored? Like if you've gone a year of not playing live and all you, the only experience you have playing over that past year is 16
2: tables of online stuff. I mean, is, is it boring then to go play live poker again? You're just spending your efforts and resources on different things when you're playing live poker, like you are focusing on physical tells and whatnot. That's it. Like live poker is definitely less engaging than, live is less engaging than online, at least for me. However, you get to do other stuff when you play live yeah. poker. You get mm-hmm. to go and you get to talk to people and meet people. And you know, it's, it's, it's a change of
0: pace. So you but, enjoy that stuff enough that it's not because some people that are just online grinders say I'm live is so boring, but I think they're not appreciating the other parts that come with the live as well. Yeah, and I mean I
2: certainly wasted a bunch of time as a young idiot kid where I would just like not talk to anybody because I thought I was supposed to not give away anything. If you talk to them, mm-hmm. they might learn something about you. But like that's just dumb. You know, make friends, be nice to people, and they'll be nice to you too.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: um yeah, try to not squander your opportunities when you go to play live poker. That said, if you don't like playing live poker, don't play live poker. No one says you have to play live poker. No one says you have to play online, do whatever you want to do. Um, I don't really like or dislike online or live poker all that much compared to the other. And I realize they're, they're different to some extent. I mean, I wish I could play more volume in live poker. That's the big downside of live poker, especially if you play like big field tournaments because you play a tournament with a thousand people. If you're really good, you're going to win like one in 500 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, if you play one tournament a week and you're going to win one in 500, if you're good, that's one in 10 years. Right. So, uh, Buckle up! You're gonna have one win in ten years, and is that really what you want to sign up for? I mean, seems, seems pretty rough to me. I'd much rather play online and grind all that out over the course of you know two or three weeks.
0: And that's where it comes down to purpose, right? Because most of us in the recreational poker world, it's not our living, so we're playing for some other reason. And maybe it's to maximize money, so maybe it's just for enjoyment. It's a hobby. So that's where it comes back again to knowing why you're playing. Because some people would say. Well, no, I don't care if I win once every 10 years because I'm just going to enjoy the heck out of it. It's time to get out of the house and hang out and that's a perfectly valid, uh, valid uh, purpose for why you play, but when you want to just win money and maximize your ROI, uh, that might not be the way to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean it's exactly what you're trying to accomplish, right? So yep. understand though that if you are playing very high variance games that you're not going to have consistent winnings at all, especially when you just don't put in a whole lot of volume. So if you are a live poker player and you want to win substantial money consistently, you either need to play small field tournaments, which in turn will lower your return on investment because you have smaller ROIs and smaller field games, or you need to play cash games. Cash games are a great way to at least put in a decent amount of volume. I mean, whenever I was 21, 22, 23, I would just sit at Bellagio all day, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And I play five, 10 and 10, 20, no limit. Made like 30 or 40,000 bucks a month, every month, just sitting there, grinding out. And I wasn't even all that good at poker. I was just like playing good <laughs> Well, not nitty, yeah, I'm like playing good God. fundamentally sound poker. and <laughs> I'm sure you were you know, horrible.
0: Yeah.
2: And I won like a hundred bucks an hour and I just grinded <laughs> out my hundred bucks an hour. But if you tell some people you're going to win a hundred dollars an hour, a lot of people would say, no, I want to get rich quick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think the goal of poker is to get rich quick, but I always realized the goal of poker is to get a reasonable hourly rate and sit there and grind it out hard because I have no other skills. I have no degrees. I I have no other (laughs) potential in life besides to get good at poker and grind it out. And you have to treat it like a job. And the nice thing about poker is if you get to where you can win at a good hourly rate, you can put in a ton of hours. Mm -hmm. I was putting in 70 hour weeks or 80 hour weeks, no problem. And it wasn't hard because to me, like live poker is not strenuous. And that was good. Good times. Wish we could go back. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So,
0: so you know, I got a couple other questions. You guys jump in because you know me. I'll just keep grilling them uh, if 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 I'm not interrupted. But you know, so you've got, and I, you're you're such a logical person, which is which is beautiful. I'm I'm curious if there's a way to even um, ask this question because I'm uh, I want to get at like if if you could just do one thing, what would it be like? Is there a burning passion for any of the things that you do? Obviously, you're good at them all. They make you money. You're helping people, but like you know, if, if you had to choose one, the whole desert island thing, right, and all you could do is play online, play live, uh, coach people poker, uh, write books, have the training site, I don't know, all the other things that you do, like, if you had to pick one thing, like, is there one that just kind of stands out as man, that's, that's my sweet spot. When I get to spend time doing that, that's when I feel the best when I go to bed at night, or is there, is there anything that stands out?
2: No, <laughs> I mean, like you didn't say that. I was hoping. <laughs> I, I like I like a change of pace. If you do yeah, everything okay. all the time, it's gonna be bad. I mean, if you sit there and you play poker all day every day, it's gonna be you're just not gonna like it anymore. That's how how it goes. I mean, it, it makes it a whole lot easier for winning a pile of money. You like winning money, so it's like whatever, mm-hmm. I'll put up with it. But I like changing things up, and you know, every day looks very different for me. It's not like I wake yeah. up and do the same thing every day. I mean, I roughly have the same hours every day, like 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. or 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. I'm in this office working
0: mm-hmm. Monday to
2: Friday. Then on the weekends, I hang out with the kids, morning and nights, hang out with the kids. So um, it's the same hours every day, but I'm doing something very, very different every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of value to that. I mean, that said, I'd, yeah, if I had to pick one thing, I guess I had to do probably be running the coaching site, but that's because there are a lot of aspects of the coaching site. And I mean, uh-huh. the nice thing about, business in general is very often it's like a positive sum game, whereas poker is a neutral game or maybe a slight losing game for everyone. So the fact that you can add value to the world um, makes it seem like a better use of time than something that doesn't add value or adds very little value.
1: So I want to get at that for a second. You, you tweeted out uh, a week or two ago a quote by Marcus Aurelius about being attached to results versus being attached to, um, you know, the, the process, let's say. And I wonder, are you, are you interested in Stoic philosophy? Are you interested in Stoicism? Or is it just a good quote? Because uh, I think there's a lot of there's a correlation between Stoicism and good poker players.
2: Yeah, I, I enjoy Stoicism. I don't necessarily enjoy reading the old texts because they're kind of boring. And I don't understand their English very well. But um, there's a book called Daily Stoic by Guy Ryan Holiday, where every day it's just like a passage by some Stoic Thought leader or whatnot, and then you know a paragraph or two about it, and how to implement that into your life or make it useful, and that's good. There's another book I like called "The Obstacle Is a Way" by this. Uh, the obstacle is the way, by Ryan Holiday, same guy. The good books like teaches you that you know, you vote, basically focus on what you can control and forget about the other stuff. And there's a lot of other stuff, especially in gambling games like poker, where there's infinite variants.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, Daily Stoic also has a good Twitter account uh, that sends out a good a good tweet every once in a while. But I, and I do think they there's send this... out too many tweets. They send out like yeah.
2: twelve <laughs> times a day. I don't follow
1: them. Oh, I can't handle that.
2: <laughs> the hourly Stoic. Yeah.
1: But I do I do like this idea of sort of like not being attached to things that are beyond your control. That seems like a basic tenet uh, if you're going to play a lot of poker, you can't get too hung up on getting your aces cracked and that kind of thing and and i and I, I find a lot of uh, comfort, especially in today 's world um, in the Stoic philosophy, so I was very interested in uh, trying that out with you do you have a, do you have a favorite author or is there something eh, some...
2: no not really I, I think I just like the general basic ideas mm. and i'm bad with names anyway so <laughs> I, I i don't memorize have none of the quotes memorized I don't know any of that stuff, but I mean. Like, whenever you're playing online, we mentioned this earlier. Like, I often don't even know when I lose a tournament because it doesn't matter, right? I presume I made the good decision to get it all in with whatever hand I did, or if I make a big bluff. I'm not sitting there, like, sweating it out, yelling for the guy to fold because <laughs> what good does that do? So I'm wasting my time. I've got these other tables to deal with. And, and like, the other day when I, w- I was streaming and just like the website didn't function properly and lost all the tables had to go reopen the open the client again it took forever and then when it popped him up it just vomited them all over the table it was a mess or all over the desktop right had to reorganize them all and that's normally not so hard if you have two tables it's, it's actually a big pain when you have 18 or whatever I had at that point <laughs> point. and like what can you do you can't do anything you can't get mad you can't mm-hmm. get annoyed you just sit there and you do the best with this crappy spot you're in and you'll get out of it or you won't. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, <exactly>. Worst case, <laughs> you lose some money. Make sure you're playing properly bankrolled. That way, if yeah. your computer dies and you can't play poker for the rest of the day, you're only out two, three, four, five percent of your bankroll. You're not out all of your money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I love that. I say that all the time. Well, either it'll work or it won't. I, yeah, I one
0: of the two. One, one, one of
2: the two. I was and like, ideally, go, I you want to make sure it's okay either way. If it does not right. work, Definitely. I mean, I do a like I make a lot of projects. Like you all see all this stuff going on that I do, yeah. and. I don't know. Half the stuff is not all that great. It doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't work. People don't like it, whatever. That's fine. You know, have a lot of other stuff going on too. And, and there's another section of stuff that people never see,
0: right? That you tinkered with, you created, and then it probably yeah. never came to fruition.
2: I have like this little section on my desktop right over here, like book ideas or, you know, like video concepts or whatever. It's just kind of like sitting there waiting for me to get to it. If I feel inclined, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Right. And well, it, when I make YouTube videos, sometimes they get loads of views. Sometimes they get almost none. So, you know, good, fine. You learn from it. But then also, like pretty much everything I do, I would be doing it for free otherwise, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. paying me to be here. I do it mm-hmm. for free because I want to be, right? Yeah. And I think if you find that your work is something that you would do for free anyway, then you're not really working. It's just having fun. So mm-hmm. I basically just get to sit in this room and have fun all day. and <laughs> right. that's, that's kind of the goal.
0: Well, we're glad that you had a little fun with us. I mean, it's it's uh, we're, we're honored to have a little fun with you. I want to wrap up and honor your time uh, speaking of that. But, you know, what we've been doing with all of our guests is just giving them a, kind of a final opportunity to, to honor Mike Sexton. I know uh, it's been a little while now since his death, but uh, we haven't had a chance to talk since that happened. So I'm kind of curious if you don't mind kind of reflect and, and give people a perspective from from your view and your interactions of uh, the life and the legacy of, of Mike.
2: Well, that's a lot, lot to talk about there. I know. Um, I Mike know. Sexton has a book called Life's a Gamble. I have yep. it uh, right here. Make sure you get the book. Life's a Gamble. It's a good book. Go get it on Amazon. It's not too big. It has some pictures of Mike in here. Lots of lots of quotes by fun people. Anyway, um, check out that. I actually helped make this book happen. So mm-hmm. one of my roles at DNB Poker, I'm involved with a poker publishing company, is to generate good content. And for a long time, I've been talking to Mike Sexton. We would like go out and. Have a drink after the poker was over, or have breakfast the morning before. And he would just always tell great stories. I'm like, Mike, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. <laughs> and once I sort of took on that role at DNB Poker, they had never done any biographies or anything like that, and there were relatively few poker biographies, and they all did pretty badly because they were all about branded people to some extent. I'm like, look, Mike, you just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to write this book. And um, it's like, all right, fine. So he wrote the book. I helped get it together, and I'm glad glad they got it done. So yeah. anyway, check it out. Life's a gamble. It's a lot of fun. No, Mike is great. I mean, a good example of this, we were in Montreal one time playing a party poker tournament and um, we were just chatting about what was going on. I don't know how it came up, but I said I had a breakfast the next morning with some of my students at every major tournament series. I try to go out to breakfast with whoever wants to come. I just buy everybody breakfast, it's nice and fun. And he said, oh, I might stop by. And so we showed up at like whatever, 1030. And at like 11 o'clock, here comes in Mike Sexton just sits mm. down and has breakfast with the fans and just a great time. Like, I mean, why not, right? It's, 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 he's got to eat somewhere. <laughs> Same thing, right. if you might might as well show up and eat, have fun, make people's day. And like that makes people's lives, you know, to go sit there and have breakfast with Mike Sexton for fun. And he'll tell you all of his fun gambling stories that he, <laughs> that he put in the book. And um, it's great. Mike always had time for everyone. He always worked hard to better poker and um, people liked him because he, added value and made people happy and lots of doors open for him because people liked him. And, um, you know, he's, he's uh, like my role model to some extent. And the goal is to better poker and uh, better our community. A lot of people out there actively try to stir up nonsense to try to be the center of attention, but the goal is not to be the center of attention. The goal is to make all of us great so that we, (laughs) we win at the end of the day is what it amounts to. And Mm -hmm. Do that by adding value and building up people as opposed to you know trying to tear them down or only looking out for yourself. love it. Well we'll, we'll wrap up there unless you have any any
0: final words of wisdom for Poker Nation. Uh, you know the folks out there uh, you know kind of in all kinds of different walks of life trying to figure out what does poker look like in the future uh, short term long term uh, managing their lives all that kind of stuff but just trying to get better at the game uh, and so you know the people like you are you know are, are some of those folks that they turn to and they say man I'm glad Jonathan's putting out his stuff because it's helping me get through this really dry season right now where I'm struggling and I'm trying to get better at the game and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of big fans of yours out there. So just want to give you an opportunity to you know, give any final words of wisdom uh, to the crew before we let you go.
2: Well, thanks for having me on here again. I appreciate it yeah. all of you being here. And um, I would tell people to go to my site, pokercoaching.com free. You can get a free membership there where you get access to some of the content at pokercoaching.com. You have no reason not to try. It's completely free. Now that we are, well, ever since COVID happened, we have not been playing so much live poker, right? This is a good time to try to get good at poker by spending the time you normally would have been playing online, either playing or studying. So at my site, we have lots and lots of interactive quizzes. That's basically like you playing a hand and then you click what you do, raise, call, fold, whatever, like you would do online. And then you get real time feedback from me or one of the other coaches explaining why they would make a particular play. And we have thousands of these. And it's essentially like you are playing, except for you're getting real time feedback. And that's like having a private coach, except for just way, 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 way cheaper. And you really should be spending this time where you perhaps cannot play like you would like to play in live, the live arena, getting good. And that means maybe playing small stakes online, studying a lot. Uh, make sure you're not squandering this opportunity, because it's a rare one, right? I know a lot of people are out of a job right now. And, uh, you know, that's clearly unfortunate, and not ideal, but... If you're out of a job, it means you probably have a lot of free time. And if you have a lot of free time, don't spend it watching Netflix and chilling. You need to spend it (laughs) finding a way to better yourself, whatever that means, right? Yeah. Maybe you need to learn another language. Maybe you need to get a degree. Maybe you need to be watching YouTube videos on something, topic that's very um, educational and interesting, interesting to you to help you develop another skill because maybe your whole industry disappeared, right? And, or maybe you see your industry disappearing in the future. You need to make sure you're planning ahead for whatever is coming. And you got to sit down and think, what do I want to be accomplishing in life? And if you're not doing it, spend your time now, even if you are busy, spend whatever free time you have getting good at it. Like back when I was a kid, I was going to college, working two jobs, but didn't really know what I wanted to do, right? So I spent the little bit of free time I had, an hour or two a day, trying to get good at poker. And it's only an hour or two a day, right? Everybody can find an hour or two to, per day to devote to you getting better at something. And uh, you might as well get good at poker and. Time to my site, pokercoaching.com slash free.
0: <laughs> and do it through Jonathan. Yeah. Well, well good stuff. Thank, thanks again, as always. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. I uh, love what you got going on, DMB. Uh, we've got a partnership with them, too. We've got the partnership with you and pokercoaching.com. Uh, so just appreciate all you're doing for, uh, for Rec Poker Nation and, and poker in general. So, uh, one of the great ambassadors of the game, Jonathan. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Keep up the great right. work. All right. Thanks. We, we will do that. So you can, you can drop off. We'll take care of some housekeeping stuff. Uh, but yeah, there he goes. Uh, uh, Jonathan Little, uh, once again, okay, you check out pokercoaching.com uh, for all of your poker coaching needs. All right. Well, Jim and Jamel, uh, there he goes. Uh, what do what do you think?
1: Yeah, he's great. And before I forget, you can go to rec.poker slash resources and there's a link to pokercoaching.com right from there. They're one of our favorite training sites and we've got a good relationship with them. So tell them that we sent them when you come and go visit.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, Do do us a solid too. Yeah. Go go ahead. down to earth and, um, has a lot of practical advice all around, not just poker. Yeah. I'm, I'm always struck so much by, by his, his logicalness. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are very logical, but you know, he and there's a couple other guests we've had on that are just so logical to the core. Like, you know, I'm even trying to get, you know, I'm trying to mine a little bit to try to get under the, get to the heart, get to the passion, and I know it's there, but he's just so logical and and how he approaches things. Well, oh, I just like this, I just like That's,
1: this, and, and like unapologetically so. It's yeah. nice, right? Like he, right? he he has he doesn't have anything to prove. He, he he knows he feels comfortable with his priorities, and he's thought about yeah. it, and he's you know, yeah, I think he said it best. Not, every everyone's good at different things. He's got it set up where. He's doing what he's good at. He loves it. He's helping people. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for success right there.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't know if he was just being, being humble, but I don't think, I don't, did you guys feel, feel the same way that I, I feel like not everybody's as helpful as him. Oh, but yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very smart poker players and even ones that have training stuff and videos that aren't as focused on helping others.
1: Yeah. And Jonathan's really generous with his time. Uh, he's really generous with his time through his site. He's really generous with his time on Twitter um, Ryan LaPlante is another person like mm-hmm. that I Absolutely. feel like where uh, they're just you can tell they really enjoy it they're passionate about helping people and they're doing what they love and so like hey when you're doing what you love you never work a day right
0: mm-hmm. that That's is great. true well so, any, anything else about the- I just
1: Jamal can you lean in a little bit is that a do I see a rec poker oh, yeah. pin on the hat there is that a bronze pin from your uh, monthly <laughs> tournament win
0: yeah, not as cool as your silver pin.
1: But. Ooh, yeah, no, that one does look good, doesn't it? But there's the gold. there's a bronze one over here. I like where we're rocking, rocking the hat pins. That's great. I, I believe Jamel is also the current player of the year points leader uh in you know, we'll
0: right. Let's see if that holds in after next week.
1: Yeah. So what do we have? We have
0: uh two yeah. How two to go. Two to go. Wow.
1: Yep.
0: That's sweet dude. Congrats. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, we just started talking about it. it's sort of an announcement. We just started talking about we're going to have like a, a rec poker awards program sometime in January, probably late January, uh, tentatively like the twenty seventh, kind of hold the date, kind of thing. But we want to do we want to do an award show. We all kind of get together on Zoom and we'll do some of the stuff based on tournament results and then a few other things. We're just going to have a lot of fun uh, with it. So kind of save the date. But hopefully, we got the we're announcing Jamel as the player of the year. That'd be pretty fun. That's right. He's
1: a front-runner right now. (laughs) He's he's (laughs) leading the clubhouse. (laughs) Well, guys, anything?
0: uh, I don't know, Jim, did you uh, have the home game stuff covered at all?
1: When we do this early recording recording schedule, the one and only uh, John Somsky can't make it, so I'll just run us through here. In the International Series on October 24th, uh, Trond Vidar Stensby Oslo Borger got his fourth nightly. He is tearing it up in there in the international, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the international one. Uh, and Evil Roy, who uh, is, is his name is redacted, but I, I happen <laughs> to know is also an international player, so nicely yep. done, sir. And then on the 19th, uh, Mile High Magic Man David Phillips won his fourth. On the 20th, Gloves 1010, Colin Anderson, one of the good guys, won his sixth. Nicely done, mm-hmm. Colin. You're racking yeah, him up. Least. Uh, poker geek himself a poker geek mn uh, john somsky pulled in his fourth elvis 76 steve Kreps, good to mm-hmm. see him winning his third um ilse fish uh, i don't know who that is uh, but on october 21st they won their first nightly congratulations sir or madam and then the rare back-to-back yeah. jacob keek who is killing it in the home games won his sixth and seventh on back-to-back nights and uh even got to crow about it a little on twitter because it's making him feel good so good for you jacob way to go man yeah that doesn't happen that doesn't happen very often
0: and i don't know especially now i mean you know i think it happened a couple times when we had like the 25 30 person fields but now we're at the 60 plus fields every night that's a pretty big accomplishment i think it's a pretty tough game too and yeah i don't i don't know because he hasn't played the whole time right he's only been around for a few months i think i don't think he's been around all year and he's he's crushing it
1: he's killing it
0: yeah Jamel, what's our secret against him? How do we beat Jacob? What's, what's the deal? Kek geek.
1: Yeah, that's right. I have no idea. I just flop flushes. <laughs> that were Flop familiar. flushes. Yeah. Flushes <laughs> and get paid. <laughs> Jamel was telling me that was his key. That was his key to the <laughs> game was just flopping a lot of flushes. That, that'll see you through. <laughs> it's a good,
0: good result. But, yeah, a lot of really good players. It is fun. The, the international series, we move to Saturdays. Uh, we, we run them at 5 a.m. and at noon central time. Uh, here in Minnesota is that central time. Uh, We're looking at maybe tweaking it a little bit, but we moved it from Friday to Saturday, kind of always tweaking. Um, Americans, feel free to tell us what works for you, but really this is geared toward uh, the international players. Like Tron said, maybe maybe that noon one could be an hour or two later, uh, get past dinner. So we're still tweaking all those things, but we want input. If you are an international player, and I guess we'll count Canada kind of, but really, you know, overseas, if you're, you know, Europe, Australia, we have players. If you're overseas and you want to play these home games, let us know what would be a good time uh, because then we can adjust uh, and really try to cater to your schedule because we, we love seeing all the different flags uh, popping up there. That, that's super fun for us. So um, anything else with the home games, Jim, um, that you wanted right. to share?
1: Think that's it for the home games now you can still if you win the november or december monthly games you still get your ticket to the end of year finals to, to yeah. a, get a chance to be crowned the champion so we do take all the unique monthly winners from all of 2020 and then the top ranking player of the year candidates according to how many spots are left we go down to 18. so even if it's too late to win the player of the year um, you can still win the tournament in november or in december get your seat uh, in the championship.
0: Yeah. I think I kind of messed up my approach to some of that strategically as far as earning points for that. So yeah, the, we'll have that end of year player. Like if you want to, so if you want to turn on a champion and then some wildcard spots to the last 18, I think is how that one works. And then there's going to be another year in term. And that's like, if you want anything, all year. Uh, we're going to dump you into another tournament there. So we all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff as we get, get closer to the end of the year. It's going to be fun to watch some of those races. And then the mixed game one, that's kind of a different one because there's no year-end tournament. It's just strictly points. All of this stuff, you go to slash home game, like all the stats, everything's out there. Somsky's got all of this stuff out there. If you're kind of a nerd like I am for data and seeing standings and all that stuff, uh, get out there and check it out. It, it's really kind of fun to peruse the names and see how many how many times they've played and how many points they have. And it's kind of depressing sometimes too.
1: Yeah, some of us nerds will even fun. print it off and start oh. working on it so that we can see, oh, am I going to make it? it? How, many points, how many points leaders are ahead of me before wow. I can make the championship? I didn't see a highlighter
0: there or anything. Like <laughs> I, the red I, highlighter for who you're going to knock out go after you put take bounties it very on.
1: seriously we take competition very seriously <laughs> in the reed household here i
0: i, I will say i don't think we, we brought this up like it doesn't really matter to anybody except me but like i did get my opportunity to slow roll tail slow roll taylor back so i've sort of settled that score i <laughs> uh, had the nut flush against him and he shoved against me on the river i had the absolute nuts and i just tanked and He's like, said, I was already typing good game. As soon as you started tanking, I knew <laughs> <laughs> you had the goods. So I got him back. Andrew still owes him a slow roll. Though, oh, right. But I didn't have the heart to take it all the way down. Like, I'm like, ah, I don't want to waste everybody's time. But it was <laughs> funny.
1: Well, good well, stuff. Speaking, but speaking, of, speaking of, Taylor, so the one, the one new feature that we are unrolling in November is uh, visiting the rec room, hanging out in yeah. the rec room. So this is something, it's just for premium members. But, you know, we've got this wrecking crew where some of the wizards from the podcast crew and some other uh, excellent poker thinkers from the poker world are members of the Wrecking Crew. You can come and talk to them about poker problems. You can purchase uh, hours from them in the store. Or you can get them to look at your Poker Tracker for database and stuff like that. Um, so one of the things we're doing is once a month, a premium member will submit a hand to uh, one of the wreckers on the Wrecking Crew. And um, they'll have a little one-on-one session where they just... Break down that hand, however, however that that coach wants to go through it. Whether it's analyzing it in PokerTracker 4, going hand by street by street through it with you, playing in a replay, or talking about the concepts, whatever it is that that member in that record want to get to, and it's sort of like a free coaching session. So once a month, premium members, uh, you can either post it in the forums or you can just email me, Jim at rec poker, with the hand and who you want to go over it with. And we'll make it happen. We record that session and then we send it out to our uh, members as part of our monthly video cycle. So uh, come join us, hang out in the wrecking room with us and uh, break down a hand with one of our wrecking crew wreckers.
0: It's so cool. I mean, and the thing is, if you're already a member, hopefully you know of all the stuff that's out there. If you don't know, if you want a tour of everything, let us know because there's so much out there. If you're not a member, really encourage you guys to take a look at this thing. Uh, You can use the code poker. Uh, And you don't sign any long-term contract. Like you can get the first month for five bucks. So it's 15 bucks a month. Use the code poker. Five bucks gets you a month, Um, you know, and just check it all out. Like there's so much out there, just the archives. I mean, we already got hundreds of videos of different training things. And, you know, we talk about this. We don't expect everybody to do everything, but there's so many things to choose from. You can certainly find your niche. If Like the wrecking room sounds good, man, go do that. If it's like, I just want to participate in the book studies, go do that just want to be part of the podcast like Jamel jumped on here uh sit in on the podcast you can do that like there's so many really cool things and you know I think I'm really bad at self-promotion and that so I don't know I'm not always out there tooting the horn but I think the people that have been involved they're like man uh this is this is fantastic value both in terms of opportunities and content so uh check it out I really encourage you if you want a personal tour uh, we'd be happy to, to do that and kind of walk through the website with you and, and let you know what's out there. But uh, we're pretty proud of it and would love to have you jump in there and take a look. Uh, and then one, one other thing about the home games, too, I mentioned this right at the beginning, uh, but I wanted to spend a little bit more time, too, is we are transitioning from right now the home games are open to everybody. Uh, anybody can jump in there. doesn't matter what your connection is. And that's been great for building it. Uh, one of the things that we found is it's it's pretty difficult to to actually communicate with the winners about getting them bronze pins it's nice to be able to announce them on the podcast even though you can keep your name private but it's just it's sort of been it's more difficult to manage that when it's just sort of a free-for-all and so we're doing a couple of things first of all is if you want to join the club if you're already a member you don't need to meet this november 1st deadline but if you're if you want to jump in the club now you're going to have to be a free member out at rec.poker so we're not going to make you pay anything it's still free uh, but you become a free member out there and then you put your poker stars username in your profile Um, And then when you apply for the club, if we have your PokerStars username in there, we say, yep, good to go. We approve you. No questions asked. Let's go. Um, One thing that's going to happen, I believe, January 1st is that we're going to require everybody who's an existing club member to do the same thing on their Rec Poker profile. So, again, you don't need to pay. But uh, starting January 1st, we're going to start suspending people uh, who don't have... Uh, their username in their rec poker community profile and again it's just from a management perspective Uh, part of this is because you know our goal is not to just put out free home games like that's not the goal that's a tool our goal is to build community and if we don't know who each other are if we can't celebrate with it if we can't super you know give each other grief a little bit and kind of dm each other you know if we see somebody win go into the rec poker community and dm them and say way to go um then, then we're not we're not getting community. And so our goal is community. I'll keep pounding on this, pounding at this and I'm pounding this. So again, our goal is not to build a great big home game or our goal is to build a home game where we have community, uh, which is why uh, you guys know, uh, you guys know, I mean, I will kick people out. If they're be rating people on the chat, which we haven't had very often, but it does happen time to time. They're just gone uh, because our goal is community. So starting January 1st, make, make sure you have a free rec poker community membership. Make sure your your uh, past name or whatever you call it, your Poker Stars username is in your profile, and then you can continue on continue playing after January first. Otherwise, we probably will suspend you. It's not personal. It's just a, in a, in a, for the sake of community, that's what we're going to do. So it, uh, it might
1: be personal if it happens to a bunch of Canadians. I'm not saying, I'm not like, you know, we'll just see if it's personal. We'll see. Yeah, stuff.
0: you guys have another loophole. We're not going to actually tell you that you have to <laughs> jump through. And oh, sorry, you're all suspended, at least for, for two months till we get a running start. Yeah, so sorry, I went a little bit of a soapbox there. But I want you guys to understand kind of the, the rationale behind it. It's not a control thing. It's just we, we are so laser focused on our vision of building a positive a vibrant and encouraging poker learning community that everything we do is centered around that. That's why we do book clubs. That's why we do the wrecking crew. That's why we do the rec room. That's why we do the home games. It's all about building community. So um, man, we we want you to build relationships and find people to connect with and just have a blast learning and playing this game. So I'll, I'll step off the soapbox, but that's a, it was just a simple announcement about November 1st. And I turned it into a big <laughs> mission statement, but if you're
1: not going to do it for Steve, do it for the great John Somsky who can't yeah. be here today, but make John Scott hashtag uh, make John Somsky's life easier <laughs> right. and fill out your profile field.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's less soapboxy than I am uh, for sure. All right, guys. Well, any, anything else we want to want to share anything else that we should be announcing, bring it up, whatever. We're all good. All right. Well, with that, I can't find my closing information, but at the end of the day, uh, we are sponsored by Q Music, Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel. We're sponsored by Learn Pro Poker. We're sponsored by Website Amp. Uh, Jonathan Little, a great friend of the show. He's been on several times. Thank you to him. Jamel, thanks for joining us. It was fun to have you on here. Jim Reed, of course, amazing dude. Uh, We'll see you guys all next time. Take care.